Welcome to CPP Chat, an approximately bi-weekly look at what's going on in the world of C++, chatting with guests from the community. But before we get to this week's guy, John has a disclaimer. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. All right. Our, uh, our disclaimer this week was actually generated on a website that, that generates disclaimers. Part of our disclaimer reads, CPP Chat will not be liable for any losses and or damages in connection with the use of our website. Our disclaimer was generated with the help of the HTTPS colon slash slash www.disclaimergenerated.net and the www.termsandconditionssample.com terms and conditions template. Termsandconditions.sample.com has an extra I in it that seems to be superfluous. Uh, by using our website, you hereby consent to our disclaimer and agree to its terms. So, um, our guest this week is Guy Davidson. Guy has has established a bit of a reputation as someone who is trying to take um, take all the code that's common to every game in the world and put it in the standard. <laughs> is that is that fair, Guy? Um, well, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> wow, that came straight out of left field. Thank you, John. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. No. Welcome to the show. Yep, Welcome to the show. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Thanks. Um, no, I'm not. I guess. Well, maybe I am a bit. Um, I've been writing games for oh. Four. I didn't think it was a pejorative question. No, it's, I, I it's thought not. That, I thought that was. It's it's a it's an interesting um, perspective. Actually, I've been writing games for what forty years now. Uh-huh. Forty years, my goodness! Um, <laughs> wow, I need to stop and take stock of my life now. Um, I've been running, um, so I guess so much of what I do. You should do something serious at some point. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> Did you know I used to be a missionary? No, I did not know. Okay, that, that was quite a serious phase in my life. Um, there, I was also a missionary, but we can talk about that. Ah, later. okay. <laughs> That's not really CPP, is it? Um, no. <laughs> uh, the um, so, so, I'm still evangelical. Uh, yes, I also. <laughs> um, the I guess I'm trying to bring HMI to the standard because uh, all the programming I've done has been um, sound and vision and interactive stuff not in a kind of a you know message loop sort of interactivity but in a uh, it, maybe a, a well like games you click on things stuff happens and you're, you're constantly being portrayed with immersive exciting media and information and things like that and um i really want to see hmi in the standard rather than having to decide which library you're going to learn i want to see people you know being able to out of the box just you know make demos make okay and, you know, and songs and pictures and things for those of us that are buzzword deficient uh hmi is human machine human inter- machine interface yes all right actually i was taken to talk about this a little while ago because it's still not especially established as a field some people say hci some people say hmi some people say hcmc uh th- th- there's all sorts of i i know you have to you have to work out which academic you're talking to and then use the correct letters to talk to them um i'm not an academic uh i i i, I did graduate but it wasn't a particularly spectacular uh, grade that i got um but but you know you, you I, I know what you mean when you say human computer th- th- all the sg13 stuff that yeah yes yeah. i'll stop rambling now there we are yeah okay that's the great thing about standards there's so many of them to choose oh god yes um there is a finite number of three-letter acronyms however yes (laughs) but there doesn't seem to be a limit to the number of times they get overloaded so no no there is yes (laughs) we're going to run out sooner or later 
just having three letter namespaces is starting to prove challenging. So um, <clears throat> speaking of acronyms, I was hoping you could educate me about something that I learned just enough about to be further intrigued. And that is, uh, it's, it's in an area that you've been working on um, as, as a potential for the library standard, and that is in linear algebra. Mm -hmm. And one of the libraries that I heard of was something called BLAS, and I didn't really know much about it, and this isn't my area, so I didn't really. But I, one of the things I just recently learned is that this is actually kind of an industry standard, and there's lots of extensions, and it's available in lots of languages. And so I was kind of hoping you could enlighten me and maybe at the same time a few other uh, a few other people in our audience that might not know, also like me, lost. Um, this is intriguing to me. Okay. I mean, what is the, what is BLAST? You know, where did it come from? What's going on with that? Right. Okay. I am, I'm first of all going to add my own disclaimer, which is I've, you know, I've been writing linear algebra libraries for a long time, um, but I haven't made much use of BLAST because BLAST. Oh, so BLAST is, a, well, originally it was written in Fortran. Uh, BLAS, sorry, let's start with the acronym, means Basic Linear Algebra Subprogram. And that word subprogram is a bit of a clue to its... Uh, its age. <laughs> its age, yes, and its distance from C++. Um, so, so it is quite old. It is, yeah, I think it's 77. And therefore it's a, a blast from the past. Oh, mate. It's a blast from oh, Wow. But today we would call a BLAL, because it would be a basic linear algebra Yes, primer. a BLAL, that's <laughs> nice. Um... The subroutines are all, or subprograms are originally written in Fortran. Uh, there are various other language bindings, so there, um, but there are no standard ones. One of the things that people do is write a C++ binding for BLAS. This happens quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it seems a natural. It does seem a natural thing to do. It's like writing a string class. <laughs> I'm sure we've all written at least one string class in our lives. I've written about, I know, I don't know how many I've written. I've written a whole string of them. Oh, <laughs> wow. So I'm, I'm speaking to the straight guy, aren't I? Right. Okay. Um, uh, Welcome to my world. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, you, you are the straight guy. <sighs> yes, I am the straight guy, aren't I? Um, the, the, so where was I? Yes, the basically linear algebra subprogram. The thing about writing a C++ wrapper for them is that whilst the BLAST is extraordinarily efficient, it's available in double and float. Um, and uh, there are things to worry about storage, and in, uh, there's, it has a very particular um, set of use cases. And one thing that we wanted to do with the linear algebra proposal was to enable a more, more diverse way of optimizing writing a linear algebra library. I've written, well, I've written four full linear algebra libraries since about 1990 in C++. Uh, and as each one has advanced forward, I've had new considerations to think of. Uh, my first was written without the help of a math coprocessor, for example, and I used fixed-point integer um, to do all my maths because I was modelling the universe. Um, actually, I was modelling the space from Greenland to Yemen. Um, I'll tell you about that one day. Uh, <laughs> and 32-bit uh, arithmetic is enough um, to give you um, one millimeter resolution from Greenland to Yemen, uh, there are four billion millimeters, or is it what meter? Anyway, it's enough anyway, for, for, for thirty-two. Um, and then suddenly, coprocessors came along, and so I wrote another library to take advantage of that. 
and then SIMD came along, so I wrote another library to take advantage of that. Um, and lots of people write lots of linear algebra libraries. Um, but actually... No, let, me ask, let me ask you a question. Yes. Um, so as you're iterating on this, on, on, well, it's not a library, you actually started from scratch. Is the interface something that you held constant, or was the fact that, oh, we have to rethink the interface because now we're trying to do something a little more ambitious in the implementation? The proposal offers a matrix and a vector class, and that's it. And the uh, you know the operations to multiply matrices and vectors and matrices and matrices and vectors and vectors, and to add and subtract and do all those kinds of all that kind of work. And that interface is quite simple. Now, BLAS doesn't have things like operator overloading because this wasn't a facility that was available to Fortran or C. I don't believe it was available to Fortran. My Fortran is very very rusty indeed. <laughs> um, I think I did so in the 80s. I think, I'm not even sure that Fortran has uh, operators. I think it uses .eq. The universe of operators in Fortran, I think, is, is limited. It's tiny, yes. We, with the lovely sugary syntax of C++ <laughs> is oh so sweet and not to be, uh, not to be discarded. Um, so one thing that the linear algebra proposal offers is the opportunity to... Um, well, put BLAS into the standard, I suppose. Uh, it allows, we can, you know, map an interface to BLAS directly into the standard, and then we can wrap that up in the class, uh, the matrix and vector class that we're proposing. But it doesn't have to be BLAS. If you've got something that's more appropriate for your uses, for example, if you're, you know, if you're working on a, uh, you're working on geometry, for example, and you know that you're going to be working in 2D and 3D maths, then you might be able to make additional optimizations. But you can simply um, substitute those optimizations underneath, as it were, the matrix and vector classes, uh, so that the class, so the API remains familiar to everyone. The main purpose of this is to give everyone a consistent API to use linear algebra against. But um, it sounds it sounds like you kind of anticipated, I guess, one of the things I. I I was going at with when talking about if the interface changed, but you're um, you're you're saying that the only thing that you're proposing, at least at this point, is the vocabulary. In other words, you're just saying this is what a vector class looks like, and this is what. And we should say we're talking about a mathematical vector class, not a not an STD Indeed. vector and, vector class. And, uh, this, this sad naming <laughs> issue that. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we find ourselves with yes I mean certainly when I first came across C++ well actually it was if, if, when I first came across the it, STL and saw Vector my heart leapt yeah. and then sank in, in very short order yeah 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 I, if it's any consolation to you Alex regrets that name well Alex said he he was told that what he was developing was called Vector and that was the that was the the the, uh, the name that was used for that kind of class. And so he accepted it. Uh, the problem he had was he, he said, I, I don't really know what's a better alternative for that particular class. Um, I would like to call it an allocated array. So I would call it an AA, which is easy to type and very short and just say, oh, it's an AA. It's an allocated array. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, vector is just kind of this thing that starts at one point and goes infinitely in one direction. And Wow, that's what this container does, kind of, but it's a pretty rough analogy, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what? Alex has done amazing work, and I would like to shake him by the hand if I ever meet him. So I'm, you know, I'm going to forgive him for 
perfect. <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against him. Thanks for the whole thing, really. You know. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so what we're what, what you're saying is that we're we're looking at least at the first step is to just look at the vocabulary. Just here's a matrix class. Here's a vector class. What you do with them is up to you. But because we want libraries to be able to interoperate yes. um, and leverage each other's work, then we want to have um, to have these these vocabulary things. One could actually argue that what, all you really need is a concept, right? That way somebody could implement their own vector and matrix class as long as it fits the concept. That would be nice. Um, that's you know, a little bit further down the road. Um, we haven't reached the stage of uh, making the present of, of proposing this to LEWG yet. We're having monthly linear algebra telecons to iron all this out. There's quite a, you know, there's a lot of interest in this. It's very gratifying. Um, mm -hmm. But then linear algebra is fundamental to most of modern mathematics. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that there is, you know, keen anticipation for this and also a, a desire to get it absolutely right. We only really get one shot at this. And if we get it wrong, we'll, we'll live with that for you know, a long time. We'll be in vector bool world. Oh, don't. <laughs> your mistakes will multiply yes indeed yes yes if i find myself in that position i might i don't know take up project management or something i don't know it's it, it's it's uh yes I, we have to get it right we really do have to get it right um uh, but so you're not even far enough along that you are ready to make that kind of proposal you're, you 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 may sound like you don't actually have um you, you, you're not actually talking to LEWG or, uh, I guess, L Library. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Library Evolution. So we've, we presented it uh, at Hawaii, Kona. That was it, Kona. Mm -hmm. So we presented the paper mm -hmm. in Kona. It was, you know, well, uh -huh. it was well received. Um, uh -huh. And we're still iterating on it. Um, we'd rather keep iterating and just keep talking to people all the time until it's ready to go further. It's pointless. I should point out that I have a co-author here, Bob Stiegel. He's actually, you know, he's, he's doing a, a, you know, quite a lot of the work here. Um, but we don't want to simply wait until we've run out of ideas and then show it to people. You know, everyone's having ideas all the time. Let's just keep all the ideas, you know, streaming in and update and modify the proposal to reflect the good stuff that's coming in, the good opinions that people are having. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great process. Well, are you finding you're getting uh, conflicting ideas, though? Uh, I guess all ideas conflict. People have opinions that, you know, that vary. Um, and some people are very opinionated. Do you know what? We're not finding that in this community. It's, it's beautifully collegiate, um, the linear algebra uh, community. At the moment, I don't know, somebody might turn up in a few weeks who's maybe a little less collegiate and a little more opinionated. But right now it's it's... Really, it's, it's a it's a pleasure to work with all these people and to attend mm -hmm. the telecons. So, you know, one of the things that that Bryce has talked about a lot, and Bryce is, uh, has thought about the philosophy of this a lot, is what belongs in the library, mm. because he's kind of now at the uh, at the at the edge, the the raised edge of this, or whatever you want to say, the sharp edge yes. of what's being put in not what's putting put in the standard but what's putting put into the process what's being you know entered in the process mm. and one of the things he says is we don't want to look for things where there's uh research going on we we want to standardize something that's a, that's a settled question mm. but it sounds like there's not 
um, how do I say this? It's not like there's new research on how to do a matrix, right? No. It's it's instead how do we how do we express this? But of course, that's also if there's if that's still evolving, then that means it may be premature to talk about standardization. Right. So mathematics, obviously, is very very slow moving. Um, there is, and you know, linear algebra has been settled for quite some time. The fundamentals, matrix, vector, the operations available to them, the behaviour one might expect of them, that's you know been stable for decades now. Uh, the implementation of them is still an evolving matter, but we're not talking about providing an implementation. The standard doesn't mandate implementation; it mandates API. Right. And I'm pretty sure that the API that we're presenting is the kind of API that won't require teaching. It'll, it should be sufficiently obvious that there's not going to be pages and pages in textbooks in the future describing how to use the linear algebra library. It should simply be, oh, you know, here's a, here's a vector, here's a matrix, here's operator plus, here's operator multiply, it does what you think it would do. Let's move on to the next chapter. And I think that's the value that you can bring to the standardization process is that you, if you can bring something that doesn't need teaching, that is so obvious, uh, then, then that seems like a win to me. Yeah. Um, the question, though, is don't you need to have the next step at least in an exploratory way? In other words, it, you know, I, I might be able to, or at least uh, <clears throat> hypothetically, you or I, someone could create this uh, vocabulary type and say, look, this, this is well thought out and it works in lots of scenarios, but, but the proof is really in, okay, let's see some people actually use actually this, not just, oh, there's lots of linear algebra libraries that work like this, but no, let's take exactly this and let's implement some non-trivial things on top of them. I mean, that's what I would like to see before. It's kind of like you don't ever want to standardize when you've got the thing perfect. You want to standardize when the layer built on top of it looks like it's perfect. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I know that, uh, so Klaus Eagleberger, for example, he is the author of the Blaze Library, which is yet another linear algebra library. It's a very good one as well. He's keen on re-implementing, uh, on, on implementing the uh, proposed linear algebra interface uh, in the same way that he's in, um, done Blaze, as far as I'm aware. He's you know, quite supportive. Actually, I'm going to speak to the Munich um, meetup uh-huh. uh, a fortnight today. This will be straight after. Cologne. I'm going from Cologne to Munich to speak to the meetup on the uh, Monday evening uh, after Cologne. Uh, this is Klaus's, uh, Klaus's uh, native meetup, um, um, but you know he, he's he's keen to build using these interfaces. Um, we're getting interest from other library authors who. Uh, are keen to see this work. I suppose, you know, we have a repository. Of course we have a repository um, that's uh, got a sample implementation. Uh, and, you know, we're keen for uh, people to bring forward other implementations. Um, I know what you're saying about there needs to be, you know, there needs to be some proof. But I wonder if, certainly in the field of mathematics, that the burden of that proof is more the understanding and comprehension of you know, mathematicians and users rather than um, direct and extensive implementation. That kind of thing is probably more suitable for, say, audio, where you need to see 
an audio library working and being hammered away and used and, 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 and being effective because audio is very much a uh, domain-specific um, application. Okay, well, I wanted to get to audio, but um, I, I guess I want to I wanna kind of explore this a little bit in the sense that I, I firmly believe, and it's because of my own experience and my own lack of imagination or whatever you want to call it, but I very often found that something that I thought as I, as I examined, I said, oh, this will work perfect. This is exactly what I want. Mm. And then when I start building on top of it, it's like, oh. Uh, actually, I it's not. Uh, I guess I didn't anticipate that this is what I would actually want or that it would go down this path. Or maybe it works. But now that I see it and how it's working, I realize, oh, there's this obvious optimization. Why didn't I think of this, mm. you know, six months before I thought of it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, I guess this is why we haven't just brought it straight to the to the, uh, to the committee and said, "Here we are. Here we go." Which, which I want, which I, by the way, want to applaud because I think there's a lot of things going to the committee way before they need to. And it sounds like your attitude is that you know we'll serve no wine before it's time. We, we'll take our time to get there appropriately. Yeah. Um, and and I definitely want to applaud that. I I. I um, I definitely have felt like there's a lot of things that are in the committee that really are not ready for the, yeah. being in the committee. They're, they're way ahead of themselves. They may be great ideas, but there's a but there's a fullness of time that needs to happen before we before we lock it down permanently. Which is, you know, the 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 the, the thinking right now in a lot of places is that our ABI can never change. So we put something in the library. You know, if you want to change something, you got to basically give it a different name and start all over because. There's no, there's no changing this API. Yeah. The, the binary, the binary, binary interface. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm certainly in no rush. You know, I'm not in a hurry. I don't have a, a, a deadline to meet. I mustn't say right. Linear algebra must must be ready to go by C plus plus twenty three. I mean, it'd be good if it was in by C plus plus twenty three because, you know, we we haven't even published twenty yet, and I would think, I would like to think we'd be able to iron this all out. But I I want it to be right, not 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 quick. You know, I wanted to go into the library when it's ready, um, yeah. and I do agree that there's there does seem to be quite an alarming rate of entry <laughs> into the library. Uh, but you know, if that's what the committee believes is the is the way, that's the point of the committee. It's the you know, it's, it's it's the will of this large group of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm advocating that people push back on those things because um, because of its set in stoneness. Um, it was actually Michael Case who made the point to me that he believes the future of Boost is that it can break its ABI. Boost doesn't do that willy-nilly, mm. but there's no. But you know, if a, if an if a Boost author realizes this is wrong, it can be improved, but it will break backwards compatibility. The author can make that call. Yeah, and that's not happened. Nobody does that willy-nilly because <laughs> people have too many users who will scream. But but this is something that a boost author can do. Yeah. And that is something that I think is the standard library, at least in theory, used to be able to do it. But it sounds like Unix vendors and others are simply saying, no, we're never going to accept the breaking change. Our our promise to our customers is that everything is backward compatible forever. Yeah. This is something that's quite new to me. I've only been really working with the committee for two or three years now. I think I, w- I went to my first meeting in Toronto in 2017, summer 2017. Um, and this, I'm, I come from a Windows background, and this whole ABI business is strange because for me, the ABI breaks every time Visual Studio 
comes out. There we are, new ABI. Although I must applaud, since 2015, it's been, you know, forwards compatible. It's been stable for a long time. That's been, right. you know, been marvellous. Uh, it's about the time I moved on from Windows. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, the ABI issue is something that we do have to take seriously. I think next time, I think it's Titus. Titus said that next time we break the ABI needs to be the last time it's any it's it's at all painful. That one of our one of our tooling goals is to ensure that we can, you know, that, that we can we can effectively tool for new ABIs and uh, you know new implementations. There is a uh, paper in the Cologne mailing specifically for talking about when and how often we can break ABI, if at all. So we can actually have that discussion. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still working my way through the mailing. I haven't, got, I haven't got to that paper yet. I probably won't read them all, but it's so much text. Honestly, it's huge. And I actually have a day job as well. And, a <laughs> and I'm keen on sleep. You know, I, I do like a good six hours a night, you know. <laughs> so. pick, pick two. <laughs> exactly. Yes. As, although six. <laughs> six hours a night. And um, the... Uh, I do find, obviously, actually, some of the papers are quite soporific, I'm finding, uh, and, and <laughs> do make quite good bedtime reading, but that doesn't help me get through them, because obviously, no, you know, no. you don't want to turn up to a, you don't want to turn up at a, 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 a meeting with, you know, a half-formed understanding of a paper. But I'm, I'm very glad to see you making that attempt. I think a lot of people have given up. The, there are so many papers, it's just easier to say, well, I'll just sit in there and I'll listen and I'll, and I'll share my brilliance uh, on the time. And I think that's the quality of the standard is going to die a lot if we allow, if that becomes the norm. And I've seen people drift into meetings with that attitude and they stick out a mile. You yeah. can tell when somebody hasn't actually read the paper when they're, <laughs> when they're trying to bluff it. And you're thinking, mate, you're bluffing this. I can just stop talking. I can tell. <laughs> you will serve the committee and the standard enormously if you just shut up. Really? You know, it's, 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 a, it's not something one can say in open meeting, though. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I guess that is the diplomatic thing. I would say call them on it, but yeah, it's a uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but but I can understand why. You know, there was a time. This is a few standards ago when people, some people, really did read all the papers or at least uh, familiarize themselves with all the papers, and that's simply not possible now. Even if somebody didn't have a day job, if their full time job was, I'm just going to. I, you know, I, I don't think you could do it. Um, I don't think I don't think you could do it. Uh, you might be able to do it either just for language or just for library. Um, yeah, but I, I don't see how anybody at this point can even be really be familiar with all the things that are going on in the whole standard. I think the last mailing for Hawaii was the the, the volume of text was greater than the complete works of Shakespeare. Yeah, and you know, a month I can I can read that in a month. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but at least the spelling was standardized. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, all right. <laughs> Actually, there's a few papers about that as well. Yes, of course there is. <laughs> oh, spelling, pronunciation is another thing. Whilst I'm here, I'm going. To, I'm just going to say one thing: tuple. Okay, <laughs> can everyone stop saying tuple? And it's, it's not. It's tuple, like quadruple. You know. <laughs> Like quintuple. Are you sure it's not tuple like couple? No. If it had two P's, it'd be tuple. It has one P, so it's tuple. And it's not tuple, <laughs> it's tuple. It's just a hobby. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm awfully particular about this kind of thing. Don't get me started on math versus maths either. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that your next plan? My, my, what a surprise. 
No. My next plan was to talk about audio. Audio. Um, I hear you. So uh, one of the one of the areas you've been working on has also been uh, as part of, as I said, your grand scheme to find all the similar code, <laughs> all the code similar to all software, all great. I like to call it the great HMI conspiracy. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, uh, I, I saw your presentation, I guess it was mostly Timor's presentation yes. at uh, Kona yeah. on audio. I think that went over really well. Mm. And one of the interesting things about it is that nothing that was discussed actually had anything to do with audio. <laughs> In other words, it's, <laughs> It's a, it's a set of tools yeah. so that if you're doing audio, this is what you need. But it could be used by other people, and there is no place in there where you say, okay, now set the speaker to this. It's not mm. like that. No. Um, it's really just a, a data structure with the, uh, with the uh, impl- uh, uh, infrastructure necessary so that you can process data quickly, so that you can keep up with real-time moving that speaker because if you forget to move the speaker that's noticeable yeah yes it is um you, you'll you'll get a pop straight away yeah um the, I'm, I'm really enjoying the audio process i'm not i i really must you know you know draw attention to Tima here because he's done the lion's share of the work um i originally approached um guy somberg after he did a talk at cppcon in 2017 i believe it was um about audio and he said hey maybe we should have a standard audio and we kind of got together and thought yeah yeah this would be a good good idea he comes from games i come from games i thought this would be easy and then i realized oh actually our domains are very narrow and very focused and i was already i I already knew knew uh, timo from the bsi and from 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 all sorts of other things Mm -hmm. and brought him in and he's really run with it and he's he's really he's, he's got a lot of experience in the audio field well, yeah, uh, unlike you guys, ha, ha, ha. Um, uh, you're not the first to say he, that. I can show yeah, you. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, he, he's not a game guy. He actually is an audio guy. I mean, that's his area. He's the audio guy. Um, mm. uh, so he has a, as you say, your, your focus might have been pretty narrow. He's going to have a broader focus, but still focused on what can be done in audio. Yes. Uh, and um, and audio, is, audio is very stable. It hasn't really changed for 20 years. It's, it's, it's again, it's one of those things that's, Oh, who was it? Somebody, somebody, somebody described the standard as where libraries go to die, <laughs> because because that's it. They're all done now, right? No, there's no more work being done. They can put them in the standard. They're not going to change. Right. And this is the thing with audio. It, yeah. it really hasn't changed much for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. So where where is the status of that? So we are we now have implementations for um, OS X and Windows. Uh, Guy Sonberg has done the Windows implementation. Timo has done the OS X implementation. We're looking for someone to do a Linux implementation. Um, okay, hang, hang on one second. Let's, let's step one back. All oh, right, okay. Uh, I, I described this and said, you know, there's no speakers involved. What exactly are we talking about now in the audio? What is that library? So the library is for recording and playback. So there, there, are, there are speakers involved in that there is an implementation that will wiggle your speakers. Um, uh, it's for, for uh, Mac and Windows. Um, the... We're at the second revision. We're R two of the of the paper. We have, um, you know, you you can go away and get the repository and and play with it. Give it a go. Mm-hmm. We want to put it into Boost mm-hmm. um, so that uh, so that you know other people can have a go with it. But it, it's it's 
I think Cologne's going to be an interesting meeting for the audio paper because we have um, lots of extensive feedback from Apple. Uh, but we're, we're feeling like we're, we're running out of things to change and running out of things to do. We do appear to be homing in on a stable API, uh, something that we could, you know, something that's that, that, that's good to go. So, what exactly are we talking about now? It's you have uh, an audio data, whatever it is, could be in different formats, but essentially, it is a digitizing of the um, the amplitude of the, of the sound wave. That's right. Right. You have a you have a All right. you have a big buffer, and you send the you send the amplitudes to the speaker. Oh, well, the the speaker will read that buffer's sorry, the speaker, the, the, the controller will read that buffer, send that to the speaker, um, you know, we're good to go. You can identify you, you know, you can query for devices mm-hmm. and then you can say which device maps which buffer, what speed it's going to run at, all those sorts of things. So it's 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 just a large data structure is what you're really talking about. Uh yes. We've actually the interesting part was how you uh we ended up using MD span. We started off with uh, is everyone familiar with MD Span, or am I speaking nonsense here? Um, I, I, it, I think I know what you're talking about when you say span, it's but a, I, was, I know what a string span or a uh, MD Span is a multi-dimensional array. Um, and uh, again, this is something that the, the linear algebra people were working on. Um, uh, and the multi-dimensional array allows us to um, we can either so so you might have for example two channels left channel and the right channel and they're interleaved and so you need to work out are you spanning the data by channel or by time um, and it doesn't matter MD span does all of that for you uh, so yes it's 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 a big data buffer that, that's you know, being sent to a speaker it's quite simple so the library does some striding internally to figure out are yes. we slicing this way are we slicing this way and yeah that's right There's, there really isn't it it really is quite simple. It's 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 quite it really is quite beautiful and simple to use. <laughs> I'm very impressed with the work that's gone in. It's great. I really haven't done much of the programming. I've been more of a project manager for this one, uh, as I've let Tima and and Guy Somberg, um, you know, thrash things out. They're, so they're better than me at this. <laughs> so you said something for the show. You said everybody should spend some time doing project management. Well, if it's with these two um, people, they certainly should. They've been very, they've been great. Yeah. <laughs> so what would people learn? What would a programmer learn by stepping back and being a project manager instead of a programmer? Uh, well, the first thing you'd learn is about letting go of your own ideas being supreme. You know, the supremacy of your own ideas is, is a fallacy. You know, everybody has ideas that suit different contexts and different, uh, you know, different authors and originators of those ideas. And you, you have to listen to everybody and be objective um, and try and, but also, you know, trying to keep everybody, you know, happy and running together nicely and, you know, making sure the work is evenly distributed and just keeping, keeping everybody happy, I think, is the best, is the best thing about project management. <laughs> delivering the action, no, delivering, you know, obviously delivering the product is, uh, the, you know, the, the very reason for it. But doing this whilst keeping, you know, whilst stopping everybody from trying to kill each other, we haven't got, <laughs> we, we haven't got to that stage yet. And I'm sure we won't. But, you know, it's, I see it as an interesting aspect of project management. It's just the people management side of it. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an interesting skill because, I don't know, you try and bring your engineering brain to it, and that's the completely wrong thing to bring. <laughs> <laughs> you need to bring your people brain to it instead. Right, right. Um, I think uh, Phil and I have some experience running, uh, running events, and yes. that's essentially what <laughs> – an event is right. It's a large project. Yes, um, it's it's not a uh, 
the the technical part is just figuring out what content you want to have, but the rest of it is just all people skill, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just. I run an event as well for the uh, for the um, programmers at Sega where I work. And, um, oh really? Yes, and that's again, you know, it's a programmers conference, but it's just internal. It's just people in the you know, uh-huh. in, in the Sega studios. Uh-huh. And yes, it's an entirely different experience from 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 day to day programming. <laughs> Um, so we've mentioned uh, Timor a few times um, already. Uh, we've we had him on the show before, but that was just before he started on the Stood Audio. Oh, get him on. So I think we need to get him back on. Get him on. He, he can talk about it much better than I can. Sure. Well, we'll get him back on. Well, we'll approach him about coming back on. Yeah. Uh, but I will also put a link to one of his talks on Stood Audio yes. in the notes. So Do that. That's definitely worth watching. Link to the repository as well. That'll be helpful. People should see it and, and, and marvel at it. Sounds like a sound idea. Oh. <laughs> shebang <laughs> all right um so what else do we want to talk about um we uh oh i guess when when i was thinking about the project management i was thinking about how um how do you how do you as a programmer now do you have a better appreciation for what the project manager is dealing with or <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, I've always I've always shied away from project management. Um, yeah. I, I look at it as a thing that needs to be done because people need to pay for what I'm doing, and so they have to say, "Well, all right, guy, look, this bit of code here is really valuable to the company. Please spend three weeks on it. Please stop tinkering with that. Nobody needs it. Just stop it. <laughs> do it on your own time. Do it at lunchtime, but not you know um, that sort of thing." Um, but actually, I've always felt that way about bills. It's like yes. somebody needs somebody needs to figure out how to build this, and somebody needs to do the bills. Please, God, don't let it be me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, but people, but people who do bills are sainted people, but I am not one of them. Oh, it's um. Yes, indeed. The the thing that I'm finding about the project management is that. By not working on the code and just by watching everybody else writing the code, I'm learning. I, I think I've got a larger opportunity to learn about other people's coding styles and to learn more about programming just by you know, spending my time reviewing what they're doing and looking at what they're doing and understanding what they're doing rather than thinking, oh, how would I do this? You know, and it's, it gives an interesting perspective on where you are at the moment as a programmer and where you are... Um, you know, where, where you might be deficient or where you might, you know, the stuff that you might not know. I think, you know, it's, it's like code review. You know, everyone should code review other people's code as much as possible. I think you learn far more about programming by offering code reviews than you do by, you know, reading books and, and you know, trying to write new things. All sounds very zen. Maybe. You must stop talking before you can really listen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, so Phil's saying you must stop coding in order to really understand code. Yes. Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that in my next talk, whenever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Some Petersburg. Zen yeah. and the art of software maintenance. We send your uh, royalty check to... Yes. Uh, <laughs> to Phil. Um, nobody would believe Phil said that because there was no pun in it. So oh, there is that. <laughs> so it's going to be hard for him to assert. If only there was a recording. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, so let's talk a little bit about this event you mentioned. Well, you talk about events and you get me excited. So you're doing an internal event for your company. Oh, yes. Um, and you said, uh, that's Sega. Uh, yes, I work for, so I, I didn't realize you worked at Sega. I thought, 
what did I think you creative artists or something? I didn't know. Creative Assembly. It. So what I, I work for a studio called Creative Assembly, and they okay. are wholly owned by Sega. Okay. Okay. Now I'm understanding. Okay. Okay. And Sega have a number of studios around the country. Sure. And um, a few years ago, what happened was we had Scott Myers do our upgrade training, upgrade us all to C plus plus fourteen, and I got him in, and it was quite expensive, and so I got. <laughs> It, it just was. It was quite expensive. And so I thought, you know, let's get some other programmers in to share the load. And so there are a number of studios that Sega operates. Um, there's, uh, I, and I said, hey, guys, are you interested in this? Do you want, to, do you want in on this? And um, so we all gathered together and we sat through three days with Scott Myers delivering excellent training. We were all shattered by the end of it because it was it really was like somebody ramming caviar down your throat <laughs> it was it's like being force-fed foie gras you know? and i want to make a very personal note here i license that training and i give that training <laughs> right excellent okay that's that's good to know um uh, but at the end of the process everyone said oh, this is great we should do this more often and i was thinking oh that's going to be expensive uh why don't we do our own conference and we provide our own content so it's an entirely homegrown conference, entirely homegrown content. Um, although we have one external keynote speaker, we had um, Kevin Henley, Kevin Henley, Kevin Henley, honestly, he'll hate me for that. Kevin Henley in our first year, and then we had John Jagger, we had Francis Buontempo. And then we had a fallow year this year because we had our C++ 17 upgrade trading, which Nico provided. That was great. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you know, having an internal conference is a great idea and having homegrown content is an even better idea because it encourages people to actually stand up and speak about what they do and look at what they do. And one of my big topics at the moment, which I'm probably going to start speaking about next year is how to be a better member of the community. The C++ community is huge, but it's full of consumers. It's full of people who just write code and who read books and who watch videos and we need more people who give talks and who write books and who make presentations and who do all these kinds of things. But there are so many roles that you can, you know, you can step up for in the community. Um, program committee, for example, just picking one at random <laughs> off of my head. You know, the program committee for CPPCon was filled with volunteers. Uh, and you know, program committees are an excellent way of serving, mentoring, helping other people, all these sorts of things. There's a, there's a large talk brewing in my head, which I hope to you know, unleash upon you all in 2020. Um, but running an internal conference shows people that there's you know, more to the C++ community than simply you know, writing code. So let, let me insert something here. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely certain both of you guys know this. You will never understand anything as well as when you explain it to someone else. Yep. yep. Giving talks is the best way for you to know you're working on something, your project at work, and you think, gosh, I know, you know, fill in the blank, graphics, encryption, whatever it is you're working on. And you think you know that. And I guarantee you, if you say, well, I'm going to give a formal talk on this to people at my company, mm. you will learn more about it. You will understand it better. And, and it's, it's really hard to, to, uh, to say what it is you'll learn exactly, but you will understand it better. You will, the ability to explain it means you've thought about it in a number of different directions because you'll get these weird questions that you yourself would never think of. But when you get the question, you have to think, well, how do, how, I know what the answer is. How do I articulate it in that sense? And you will also think, find more connections of things 
where you knew this was true and you knew this was true, but it, only when you actually thought it through did you realize, oh, wait, those have to be true at the same time. There's, there's a mathematical complete list to that. And you just thought of those as two separate things. But now you see if one wasn't true, the other would also not be true. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You begin to understand in a completely deeper way. And so if you want to do something selfish for yourself, give a talk for other people. Yes. Because your understanding will will improve. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree. 100%. I, I've learned so much about linear algebra just by doing you know i've been speaking about linear algebra a fair amount over the past you know a few months as you can imagine I've, and this is from and this is from someone who's done four libraries on it yeah absolutely i'm still learning yeah. more it's a bit of a it's it's a it's humbling yeah. because you know what i don't care how humble you are once you've written four libraries to do the same thing you're going to think do you know what i know all this you, re- you really are going to think that after your fourth iteration you're going to think no i'm done there's nothing more here i'm i've been so wrong I really yeah, have. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it, there is a bit of a myth that you need to be an expert in a subject before you can give a talk on it. No, but that's wrong no, on no, two no. counts. <laughs> well, one is that the definition of an expert is somebody that actually has a better appreciation of how much they don't know. Yeah. The, the, the other problem is that uh, the, the thing called the curse of knowledge, that when you do become not necessarily an expert, but someone who's really experienced for something, you forget what it's like to not know it. Yeah. And that makes it really hard to teach. Yeah. Whereas someone that's just gained that knowledge is at a perfect position to pass it on to someone else. Yeah. Obviously, there's, there's caveats, trade-offs both ways. So long, you have, as long as you're upfront about that, I think that's an excellent way to actually start speaking about a subject is when you've just learned it. Yep. I will always go to some, I would much rather go to somebody who's just picked something up. It's just like, wow, look at this. Hey, everyone. You know, that, that kind of, this is great. Hey, look, you know, that's, that's the time. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. time to learn from somebody when they're really enthusiastic about it because they're so inspired by what they've just discovered. Um, and they're not so, you know, weighed down by the tedium of it all and, 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 and bored by it. I just had a taste of this. Um, this is, again, is promoting a, a CPP con, but we're doing some videos to promote. And so we're doing interviews with some speakers. Now we, I just watched the interview with um, uh, Claire McCray. Claire McCray. Is that her last name? Yeah. Um, and the passion that she has for what she's about to talk about, oh. is just, you just you just can't wait to see this talk because, you know, just listening to her talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I don't know what she did exactly, but it was like, she really wants to give this talk. She's yeah. really excited about it. And yeah. it's what she's just now learning. And that's what she's excited about. And yeah. exactly when you said what you said, it made me think of her because I just saw that video about a week ago. Um, Claire is great. Everyone should watch a Claire McRae talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm not sure when all those videos are going to come out. I guess that's my job to figure yeah, that out. I think uh, that's your decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are... Uh, yeah, we're, we're uh, interviewing some speakers, and I need to get those up on the web. Uh, I also, just last night, uh, yeah, it was just last night, uh, watched the, the promo video for CPPCon 2019, oh, excellent. which is, uh, it's done by the same people, but it's done a little bit. Uh, if you've seen the, the previous promo videos, there's, there, uh, there's a lot of high energy and kind of some rock and roll, and it gets you really excited. This one's more laid back, but it's, but it's also a little more thoughtful, a little bit more... Um, listening to what people are saying and stuff like that. It's, it's, uh, uh, um, I'm really excited about the promo video. Of course, I'm always every year get excited about that. Uh, makes me want to go to the conference, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I guess is the point, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a great conference. You do great work and you know, um, it's a big, it's a big part of the community, isn't it? Like CPP con. But you know, again, 
uh, the the selfish things that I get out of that. It's it's exactly in keeping with what you were saying. Um, we need people to stand up and do things in the community. And what you will find out is that is a, a great investment of your time. Mm-hmm. It sounds like well, let somebody else organize this, and I'll just enjoy the. I'll just attend and listen, and I'll get all the benefit. And it turns out that the person organizing it is getting a lot of benefit that you're not seeing. They are they are meeting people, and they are, but they're also learning about the technology in a way that just someone sitting in the audience isn't learning. Mm, yeah. You know, I enjoy cakes I make more than I enjoy cakes other people make. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of, well, I made this, the satisfaction of eating a cake that I made that I didn't burn. <laughs> I'm not great at making cakes. Don't ask me to start baking. It's not a thing I'm very good at, but you know. that I was going to say, is there a confession about burned cakes uh, you need to share here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it needs sharing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, we've talked about, um, we've talked about linear algebra. We've talked about, um, audio and, oh, uh, one of the things I was going to ask you about is, um, uh, the, the conference that you do, mm-hmm. that's local to where you are and you just have people from all over the country come yeah. about how many people is that? Uh, about a hundred, a hundred people. Um, yeah. and it's how long? Um, it's a one-day thing. It's a single track. Um, we'll have uh, we'll have four slots, no, five slots, plus the key, including the keynote speaker. Uh-huh. Uh, we have people coming from three studios, th- uh, four studios. So some people will share a slot for the other studios, and we might do so. We mix and match. Really, I'm more interested in just giving everybody a go. I say, look, have you got a talk? Maybe it's a 15-minute talk or a 20-minute talk or a 45-minute talk optimally, and and and. We just you know mix and match and put it all together. So, have you turned any of these people into someone who's speaking at local groups or conferences? Uh, that's a good question. I'd need to go back and, and take a look. Um, probably, because uh, of course that's where I, Phil probably was thinking the same thing. That's immediately where mine went. Oh, speakers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, You're grooming I, I, speakers I, for us. Yeah, and I think that's something that probably doesn't. You, know, you can't say this enough you can't say this too many times that you know we need speakers we really do need more speakers um there's a big danger that conferences just turn into a circus like you know like the tennis championships you know you go and watch tennis you in in all over the world and you're watching the same people playing tennis all the time um and in the same way with conferences there's a danger that well, you know, obviously I speak at quite a lot of conferences and I'm gratified that people want to hear me speak. But, you know, we need more voices. We need more diversity of, of voices in, in conferences. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't need to be Herb Sutter. You don't need to have 40 years of C++, well, 36 years of C++ experience. Um, you know, it, it's, it, all you need to do is, is be able to talk about something. People, people will come and listen. Right, right. Well, it, it, assuming what you're talking, I mean, if you set out and say, well... Um, a talk has to be about this, so I better do that. No, you make the talk about what you want to talk about. Mm. That's what, you know, I remember even after I had done conference speaking and I felt like I was well in my stride as a presenter and I had done class instruction, I was asked to give a presentation at my company and it was about a project that I was kind of involved with a little bit and it was not a technical thing. It was something to do with um, company HR kinds of stuff, but I was part of it. And I realized as I was giving that talk that not only was everybody else in the room bored, but I was bored listening to myself <laughs> give this talk. 
Oh, uh, the I reason don't. that I can give a good talk about C++ is that I'm passionate about C++. Yeah. Um, and there are people who think, oh, if you can teach, you can teach anything. Or if you can speak, you can speak about anything. Maybe that's true for some people, but I have to be speaking about what I'm passionate about or I don't do it well. And the yeah. reason that I do do it well to the extent that I do is because I just get so involved in the in the topic that I don't think about Am I, is my posture right? Are my hands right? Am I doing all these things? Which is not to say that I shouldn't go to the E3 training at CPPCon from Kate and, and Andre and John Andre. and more. Yeah. But um, a lot of that stuff just comes natural for me simply because I'm not thinking about it. If I was thinking about it, I would do the wrong thing. Instead, I'm thinking about C++ yeah. and this optimization and how to make this exception safe and all these kinds of things. And I'm so wrapped up in that that I don't even think about what I'm doing and it just flows. And if yeah. I were talking about, well, this is this thing that the company is working on and we were comparing this uh, kind of health insurance plan to this kind of thing or something like that. Exactly. Even I would be bored, even if I'm doing the talk, right? So it's you, if you're not passionate about it, you know, forget it. Um, but that's what, but, but, but what I was saying is if you think, Oh, I want to give a talk on C++, I better go learn something about, well, yes, you're going to learn a lot, but you should learn about what you're already doing Yeah. and think about how to present what you're already doing. You know, what do you, what are you already the expert in? What do you care about? Yeah. What you know is already enough. And maybe it is something you want to learn about because maybe that's what you care about. It's like, I've always wondered how does this work or how do we do this or what's the best way? So you do some research, but it's your passion and you can do that talk. Yeah. No, I, I entirely agree. I entirely agree. And actually, last year you did a talk at ACCU on um, the Beast is Back. Yeah, and that was a great. It was blindingly obvious to everybody in the room that you loved what you were talking about. You, <laughs> you just went through that, and it was it was a, it was a great perspective. And yeah, you, you're right. You know, passion is you know certainly half the half half the requirement. You know, right. Uh, I love giving that talk. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, you're not going to learn a lot about... Great picture sourcing as well. <laughs> yes. And I, I have allowed it to be recorded, but I don't own any of the rights to any of those pictures. <laughs> so it's kind of like, <laughs> okay, well, I guess you can record it. Uh, I'd rather you not, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait for, wait for the takedown on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had to do that recently. It's a thing. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so do be careful. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, it, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, anyway, uh, on that note, yeah, yeah, yeah. On that note. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we didn't do, we didn't do the news items, did we? Well, we did have a few news items that we didn't get to. Yeah. Sorry about that guy. We jumped right in and uh, what do we want to talk about? Oh, it's John's passion. You see, uh, obviously clone coming right up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next week. I'll be there. Will you be there? I shall be there as well. I actually said this to Herb in an email. I sent him this email and I said, um, what does it say about um, how badly uh, C20 smells that it needs to go to Cologne? Oh. And and he started defending it and saying, well, I think it's in better state than C17. It's like, Herb, <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Switch off. It's fine. <laughs> it's Cologne. Cologne, Herb. Cologne. Get it? Cologne. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it's I, was, I, I can't believe that that joke hadn't been done to death, but apparently it, it didn't even occur to him. <laughs> I think it made his German side defensive. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Probably that's here right. in Köln, not Cologne. Yeah. Oh, that could be. Uh, all right. Uh, so what else is going on? Um, Core C++ videos mostly up. 
are some missing? Is that the well, when I when I wrote that note, um, I think most of them were up, but I know that mine wasn't up because I had to do some extra editing because the slides weren't recorded at the time, and I had to to record those myself. So I, I knew mine wasn't up, so I knew they weren't all up. But now mine is up, so maybe they're all up. I don't know. <laughs> the only way to find the important out, ones up anyway. The only way to find out is to go and watch them all. Oh, okay. Well, that's my summer taken care of. And the videos for Italian C++ conference. Uh, and CPPP videos expected in a week or two. That was a message that I saw in a in a channel the other day. So I don't know how optimistic that is. And for people who are interested in this, that conference was in fact in English for most of the sessions. It was in French only for the beginner session, is my understanding. Oui. Oui. <laughs> um, and CPPCon. Uh, we just send out feedback. Uh, well, feedback in two senses. One is, finally, this is really embarrassing. Um, I, 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 I was at you know ninety five percent complete at getting all of the speaker results from last year's talks, all the survey results. But there was a bunch of stuff that I was going to have to sort through, and I finally got that done and sent it out. And the deadline was, if you're telling people whether or not they're accepted for for 19, you better give them the results from 18 <laughs> at the same time. So uh, I had a long weekend getting all that done. And then uh, and then really just this morning, a few hours ago, we sent out results to speakers about whether or not they were uh, accepted. And this is, this is the time of year. I'm both excited about the conference, but I'm very depressed about the number of high quality talks we say no to. Because um, this year we... I think as a percent, we got a higher percentage of submissions than we have spaces. Um, and I know as a raw number, we've said no to, we literally said no to enough sessions that we could have done two conferences and we could do twice as many tracks. Now, I would like to think that the ones we said yes to are the higher quality ones, or at least a better fit or make a better conference more rounded or something like that. Um, but but there were enough talks that we would have been happy to have to fill another, you know, six tracks easy. Um, we said no to that many sessions and it's, it's just heartbreaking because those are people who, who are passionate about wanting to say something. So being there. Yeah. 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 That's really tough to do. Um, uh, and meeting C++, the speaker notifications yep. are out. Um, I was accepted I submitted two talks and was accepted on the the one I was least excited about, but I guess that happens. <laughs> I talk to speakers about that a lot and, you know, they will say, oh, you took that one. Oh, but this is the one I really <laughs> wanted. And it's like, well, the committee was yeah. more excited about this one. And, uh, um, yeah. So you, you got the talk on stock options and insurance, did you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. I should be at Amazing C++. I'm speaking as well. It'll be great. I, I love Berlin. It's a really great uh, – it's a really great conference meeting C++. I'll be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and for people from this country, if you are thinking maybe one year I want to do it, you could combine this. The timing is perfect. You can go to Belfast for the standards yeah. meeting and and sit in on the standards meeting. And then there's a two-day ACCU conference also in Belfast. This isn't a coincidence. They wanted to do that. And so they will get 
I'm kind of jealous about this because there's people who's, who are on the committee who I can never get to speak because they say, well, I go to all these committee meetings. My company won't let me go to a conference too. But ACCU is leveraging that because they got all these people there who don't normally speak at conferences. So if you could go to that two-day ACCU conference, you're going to get to see speakers you don't normally get to see at a conference. And then that same week, you hop over from – I make it sound so simple. You hop over from Belfast to – uh, to Berlin, it's the same continent. How hard it's can not, it be? It's, right? it's not hard at all. Uh, and there's trains it's everywhere. Really I think you can take a train directly from Belfast into Berlin. I'm pretty sure <laughs> no, you can. No, you can't. <laughs> Too much water, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh well. You can take a ferry. You can take a ferry from Belfast to to oh, Liverpool. Liverpool, yes. And then you can take a train to St Pancras, and then you can take the Eurostar to Belgium <laughs> to, to Eurostar to Brussels, and then Brussels to Berlin. That that would work. <laughs> not, that, not that I've planned it, but you know, there, there are definitely some people taking the train from London. Yes, there are people. There, there are people taking the train to Cologne actually from London for, for the committee. Well, there, you go. there you go. Anyway, I'm just saying, uh, meeting C plus plus is well timed this year because of yeah. uh, um, uh, because because of the yeah. If you're if you've been ever thinking about maybe I should come from the US and go to Berlin and see that conference, this might be the year. Make it a two week trip. Make it worth. Uh, crossing the Atlantic and do some cool stuff. Well, addition to, additionally to that, of course, is C plus plus Russia in St. Petersburg, which is the uh, the three days immediately before Belfast. So if, you're, <laughs> if you're feeling really gluttonous, you could get three conferences in in two and a half weeks. Um, three conferences and a standards committee meeting. And a standards meeting in two and a half weeks. <laughs> I, that's my idea of heaven, frankly. That's right. That's right. Um, we almost have the calendar completely booked. You could probably go from, <laughs> from C++ event to C++ event if you, if you include uh, standards meetings and... Um, I'm recovering from jet lag. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you would just leave, live in a permanent, uh, a permanent state of, of jet lag. Well, actually, from next week, I'll only have, I think, two weeks at home between then and the end of September. Yeah. Blimey. So, yeah. Gosh. We're busy people, aren't we? Yes. All right. Um, so what else do we need to talk about? Uh, uh, speaker notifications out for meeting C++. Um, and then, uh, um, excuse me, Sea Lion 2019. Yeah, I, d- I don't want to just mention, I'll be very quick because we're running out of time, but yeah. the Sea the Lion 2019.2 EAP is still running. I've mentioned it before, but the the last one for last week included the new Microsoft debugger. So we've had to write our own. Uh, based on LDB. Um, so that's now in, if, uh, if you're on Windows. And also uh, restored the unused includes inspection. So I'll actually tell you if uh, headers that you're including are not actually used. And there's different levels to it as well. So you can you can say whether they're, they're not used, but they may be used transitively. Oh. Um, or, or you can say they're just not used in this file. So uh, that that's really useful and gives you sort of an include what you use functionality built into the IDE. So I'll talk a little bit more about that after the release, but I wanted to mention that this week as well. Cool. Um, and uh, so you can put that in the notes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Okay. Well, we have gone over, but it's been fun. Thanks a lot, Guy. Oh, it's been great. I love the show. Glad to be back. <laughs> All right. Well, um, usually at this time, we wish everyone safe coding. And I, I mean that particularly if your coding involves traveling to another continent. So everybody, <laughs> safe coding. Safe coding. Safe coding, everyone.